0: Back, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. Studios, as we do each Wednesday, we check in with our congressman here representing us, Representative David Schweikert in the 6th District of Arizona, at least under the current uh, drawings, soon to be the 1st District. David, welcome back. Hope you're doing well, sir.
1: Well, it's a little bit chaotic out there. Um, Let's face it, a lot of our brothers and sisters driving when it rains is...
2: is Tricky.
0: Yeah, yes, we'll call it tricky and we'll leave it at that. I want to ask you a couple couple things in your wheelhouse but related to uh foreign policy, if I can, and also a little bit about a story on the border, a couple stories on the border that are driving me mad. In fact, maybe I should just start there if I can. You you tweeted out uh just a little while ago that we have now learned that we have had over 150,000 border encounters, that is to say with illegal border crossers, Mm -hmm. and over 800 pounds of fentanyl seized just last month. Over 800 pounds of fentanyl seized just last month, which is enough to kill about half the country if we weren't lucky enough to catch it and stop it. This is an amazing thing. I want to talk to you about that. And then, kind of a weird, related political note having to do with Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. But talk to me about our failure at the border. Yeah, you know what I'm going for. But talk to yeah. But talk to me. first. Do the serious part about this border thing because it's a talking point. But there's an element of a big element of truth to it. This administration does seem to spend more time on other nations' borders than our own.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, which is, should just outrage us all. Right. But and this is important. If any of you have a leftist in your life. Um, will you do this for me?" You know, they, they used to act like, well, you know, the border, you need to be compassionate and caring. Right. Then why don't those same people whose you know, virtue signals their compassion give a damn about the people that are homeless, Right. The, the working poor, Right. those who are have substance abuse issues that, you know, I mean, I, I was with a Phoenix police officer recently and he was saying, you know, a year or two ago, it might take you 75 to 100 some dollars a day to, to get high, whatever that actually means. Today, it can be just a few dollars.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, working poor, and might I also add, military recruitment.
1: Um, that one I'm not going to go to because the numbers are a little um,
0: trickier. Okay, fine. That, that that's okay, but s- stay yeah. with this border so, problem so, for a so, moment. I, I, I know what you get. I know what you mean about that, uh, and but, I, I can do but, it separately. Is, I know what you mean but by this that. This is legitimate. Yeah,
1: is you know you think of the the, the, the compassion. Other diseases, or you know, suffering COVID, and and rightfully so, but they don't seem to give a damn about the carnage that's happening in our neighborhoods. And, and to anyone who's listening, get in your car and go drive through parts of Central Phoenix right, right now, right. and understand those people living in that alley. It wasn't like that a year ago.
0: That's right. That's right. That's absolutely right, David. As the border. Patrol is doing its work. This is an amazing story to me. I haven't seen it very much anywhere. But AOC, your socialist colleague in the House of Representatives, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. One of many. One of many, but one who gets a lot of attention and has a big following, particularly among our youth. She's selling. She is selling Mm -hmm. what you might call anti- immigration enforcement paraphernalia, just as we're learning yep. this stuff. You want to say something okay. about that?
1: Okay. For everyone's way back machine, let's go back to the last election, one before that. How many Democrat candidates, even the ones you would consider mainstream, were campaigning and were comfortable with, let's abolish ICE.
0: Zero.
2: Let's
1: abolish the border patrol. But, Zero. No, I mean, hell, I ran against a, a woman... You're in the, you know, Phoenix, Scottsdale area. Oh, I'm is, sorry, David. Is, you know, I'm sorry.
0: I thought you meant Republicans. My bad. My bad. No, no, okay. no okay. Republicans. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Insane. Okay.
1: Um, and and now you look and say, well, here's what you get: um, border, customs, and border patrol down on the border. ICE, immigration enforcement, is supposed to be when you start to come into the country. Well, that's. Also, the movement of the drugs, the movement of the human smuggling, the human exploitation. And now you have someone like Ms. Ocasio-Cortez, representative, you know, one of the leaders of the surprisingly large sort of hard left. And they're not socialists. There's something actually much darker than socialists. And they're selling T-shirts to abolish ICE.
0: That's what it says on her. That's right. On her website, she is selling a T-shirt that says we must go bigger and bolder on reimagining our immigration system. The path forward is clear. Abolish ICE. Abolish ICE. They're not they're 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 not they're not carving around the issue. They're they're not quibbling around the issue.
1: A number of the Democrats who were either gave this lip service or wouldn't speak about it a a year or two ago, you know, they're all sort of hiding from the issue. But if you can go out and find the video from a year or two ago where they were supporting this type of Mm -hmm. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: craziness, and this is what we get to work with. So you get people who think, well, are we ever going to be able to put together an agreement on immigration? We can't even come to an agreement on the most basic level of enforcement of what is a border.
0: Yeah, no, we can't even come to an agreement on on, on on the fact that we should enforce immigration law, right? I mean, that that's what – if we're going to have an immigration policy, it will require enforcement. And we have a segment of Congress that actually believes in abolishing all of that enforcement.
1: But, but here's one of the things that would just drive you insane. Um, so you'll get business groups come in, church groups that come in, you know, the civil society groups come in, okay? Millions and millions and millions and millions of people here illegally and this and that. Now, can't we all come to an agreement? And the first thing you turn to them and say, could we first come to an agreement on that protecting the border is how you are a sovereign nation? Mm-hmm. And and they will just look at like, like, well, no, we can't actually have that discussion because we, we're here to talk about legalizing, you know, how many, you know, whether it be 11 million or 20 plus million or you know, whatever the real number is. Um. And there becomes your policy problem. I think there's lots of conservatives who are willing to work on the illegal immigration problem, but you can't even get to step one when the left controls power. Step one is locking down the border.
0: Step one, certainly, and it doesn't seem like it should be such a hard thing to do. We know how to do it. What I find impossible... Is the fact that we are actually selling, and by we I mean co- congresspersons, and by congresspersons I mean AOC and her squad, are actually selling paraphernalia, shirts, yes, uh, coolers, water and ice and beer coolers. Mm-hmm. Abolish ice. Abolish ice. You yeah. cannot well, say well, you are for an immigration policy of any kind or support law enforcement while you are for profit selling that on your website.
1: But now you understand where the activist left headed. And back to where this conversation began. Do they actually care about the poor? Do they actually care about that young man down the street that's overdosing? You know, do they care about that homeless person who's there because their policies have you know created the inflation that jacked up the rent and now this person is living on narcotics that have crashed and rights because their border policy? It's almost like the left wants to virtue signal. They want to do policy by virtue signaling, but they don't want to ever be held responsible for the consequences.
0: David, um, let me uh, let me take another uh, uh, another swing at another area and another border that the administration seems to think more important, and obviously it is important, just not more important than our border. But the Ukraine Russia situation. Mm. You um, you are probably the most uh, well-studied and learned and respected uh, member of Congress who, who – who No, so you're,
1: you're saying I don't have a life, so I sit and on Well, mind. no,
0: I'm just simply trying to point <laughs> out that you, you have owned many a great issue and many an important issue, none so much as our budget and uh, debt problems. Yeah. And our conversations about it have been totally illuminating for me. I heard Jack Keene, General Jack Keene, retired General Jack Keene, the other day say we aren't spending enough on our military. I know we have allergies to spending. Is he right about that particularly?
1: I'm going to make a number of people listening right now really mad. I disagree.
0: Okay. Well, I, 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 and, I, I, it doesn't make me mad. It doesn't make me mad.
1: Let me explain. I believe we're spending money on so many of the wrong things. Yeah. Yeah. If you judge a military budget by, you know, uh, keeping, you know, uh, the, the respect and honoring our servicemen and women and the lethality, the lethality of the equipment we choose to buy, um, in many ways, when you watch our big budget items, we are still building battleships before World War II. Mm-hmm. Remember? Mm-hmm. The, the status symbol was a battleship until all of a sudden they realized these aircraft carriers basically wiped them out. Yep. Um, and we keep looking at these technologies that say, hey, you can have the F-35 that's autonomous, or the it's an autonomous wingman to a piloted F-35. And this seems to enrage people because we still have this sort of romance on on military equipment and how it's used and we've all watched world war ii movies and understanding our opposition around the world are building hypersonic drones Mm -hmm. i mean they're they're building equipment that costs a fraction yeah so what happens in a world when we're right now building a a aircraft carrier that's now over 13 billion dollars and a 10 million dollar hypersonic weapon has it has no defense for? Yeah. yeah. So so it, it, it's we cannot judge U.S. security and protection of our country and our men and women by the budget amount. We need to start judging it by the policy, the lethality, the quality of the equipment, the quality of the technology we're focused on. Let that, and you build the budget after. Instead, in the military context. They do the budget, and then they
0: figure out what they can buy with it. Perfect. Perfect explanation. We we do it backwards. No, I think you're right, and I think it's a perfect explanation. No one should be mad at you for it. They should be mad at people that want to fight the last war and the war before that and the war before uh, 1945. Absolutely, David. No, I appreciate it very, very much. Sir, thank you, as always. Tons of clarity. I love it. David Schweikert, bless you, sir. Godspeed. Goodbye now. Thank you. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, parts of which are brought to you by Midas Gold. Gold has been used as money for nearly 3,000 years, and today it remains a common-sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't even need a commissioned salesperson to tell you why you should buy gold. You already probably want it. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience, a complete range of bullion and coins, so you get what you want at the best value. In comes Midas Gold. Veteran-owned, proud supporters of America First and my show right here on 960. They're fighting for your right to the financial freedom and privacy that gold offers. Trust the dealer that I, Seb Gorka, and thousands of our listeners know and trust. That's the Midas Gold Group. Give them a call at 480-360-3000 or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com. That's MidasGoldGroup.com. Doug in Maricopa, you are so kind. I appreciate your patience, sir, for hanging on and uh, waiting through uh, some of our other business. You uh, called saying you wanted to provide a different uh, perspective on Ukraine and Russia. Uh, Go right ahead, sir. Thanks for waiting.
4: Yeah, absolutely. I I can't say it's terribly different. Um, I've heard other people, you know, talk about this. um, But the, the second half, the second point is something I haven't heard. <clears throat> but remember, uh, a few days back, I talked about uh, Ronald Reagan and how he how he solve, uh, solved and won the Cold War uh... with Russia, or that I should say, technically, the Soviet Union was totally different than the, the pointy head the establishment, the really highly educated, the establishment that everybody talked to, you know, uh, for forty years, basically went. Mutually assured destruction. Um, it was basically um, building up so many warheads. And R- Ronald Reagan, a cowboy from California, an actor, comes um, walking in, and he says, "Why do you go up against Russia at its strongest point, its military?" He said, "The way we de- defeat them is two-prong. We break them." Um, uh economically that is to say one of the first acts he did in january the, after his election he deregulated gas prices which um basically the gas prices rose but then it collapsed free market cuz all the wells that weren't being pumped suddenly were allowed to be pumped and gas prices flood of oil world market just flooded well what that did at the soviet union got 90% of its liquid cash from oil production. So he literally took their revenue to the Soviet Union and cut it in half. And, uh, you know, the old adage is that economic power is military power. Mm -hmm. When we're strong, we're more of a formidable military power. Mm -hmm. Well, the same goes for every other country. So he attacked them where they're weakest, and that is in their economy. He then deregulated, deregulated our economy, so we became stronger, more prosperous. We had money to put in the military and broke them that way. So let's look at the Ukraine. We're taking a four trillion dollar, attacking Russia, a four trillion dollar economy. We're we're slapping about what ten or twenty billion dollars worth of sanctions on them. It means nothing. At the same time, we have capped our production of oil so that we've cut our production by 40% instead of exporting oil we're importing it the gas trump had oil down to $25 a barrel or thereabouts it's now up around 80 to 100 and they're talking that their oil might go to 150 so he doesn't even have to attack the ukraine the threats of attacking have made them wealthy beyond belief And we're willing to make concessions. So we could win without firing a shot. You don't have to confront them. You don't have to insult them. You turn around. You deregulate gas production. Uncap the wells that you capped when you came in. Start doing a Trumpian thing and drive oil down to $25 a barrel. You'll dry up their revenue so fast. Turn around to Germany and say, if you want us to stay in your country and protect you, you buy oil from us, dry up Russia. But the other thing is, he's you know, I remember when Donald Trump there.
0: tried that, and I, I, I cheered. There was a, there was a, yeah. a summit between him and Angela Merkel, and he said, "You want us to continue to protect you from Russia, but you're asking us, uh, uh, you're asking of us that as you are engaging with them to build the Nord Stream 2. He says, which right. will make you reliant on Russia. And quite honestly, he said it slightly differently, but about this way. He said, quite honestly, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I, I don't I'll, know what to tell you. I want to play you something from today's press conference yeah. with Jen Psaki and Peter Ducey. Sure. Can I do that for sure. you real quick? I think, oh, I, please. Have, please. I think I have the technology.
1: And following up on Ouija's question, yeah. a lot of focus on the economic pain in Russia, potentially, from these sanctions. But what about the economic pain here? Uh, the Russians are saying they think gas prices in Europe are going to double. How high could they get here?
3: Well, I think, again, Peter, and as I said to Ouija, I mean, some of this depends on what President Putin does. So as he is suggesting what the impact will be around the world, it's all based on what his actions are just to be very clear about it. What the president is focused on and is working on is taking every step we can to uh, to communicate with, coordinate with, engage with uh, big global suppliers around the world to minimize the impact on the energy markets.
1: But even without all this going on, gas in California is almost $5 a gallon. Should people across the country expect to see that kind of a number when they go to gas up their car,
2: $5,
0: $6? Well,
3: again, I think, as you heard the president say last week, Uh, standing up for our values is not without cost.
0: That should make you very angry, Doug. Let me hit a quick break. First, farming out our energy policy to Putin. Whatever he says is what will determine it. Second, because of what we're doing, yeah, you got to pay the price. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Doug and Maricopa's on the line. Doug, I played you a little uh, interaction between Peter Ducey and Jen Psaki. She said two things about his uh, question regarding rising gas prices. First, she said is um, it will depend a great deal on what Vladimir Putin decides to do, and the second comment she made is that, uh, reiterating that what the president said, which was that uh, there is going to be. Uh, A cost imposed on all of us for for the actions uh, that we take for standing up for our principles. Well, the second one is what's getting the second answer is what's getting a lot of attention on social media. I think I'm more angry by the first one. I think I'm more angry by the notion that she is broadcasting to the world that our policies will be dictated by not ourselves, but by an enemy.
4: Well, you you know, I'm going to quote my father. You've heard me say this several times, and I don't mean because I always distinguish education and knowledge. Knowledge I'm all for. Education today, I'm not that impressed with, because you have a bunch of idiots that are highly educated. I will quote my father. You have to be exceedingly well-educated to be that stupid, yep. because that kind of stupid just don't come natural.
0: Right. And
4: right. what I mean by that is, she's and this is the Abadi administration, she's just regurgitating, Yeah,
0: sure.
4: is acting... Like our oil production policies are somehow to be dictated by a foreign government. That is totally our choice. We chose to shut down our oil production. And the fact, and they're trying to make it sound like all the rise in oil prices is totally to do with Putin and other countries. It has totally to do with us shutting down 40% of our own oil production. Massive, you know. If we could just turn it around, we could flood the market. It's not but they want to be victims and uh because they don't want to have to confront the environmentalists and increase oil production. Okay, but it's so but it's typical of them. They're gonna play victims. So they're giving the power of our prosperity to a communist dictator. Just imagine. You know, instead, let's say we produce oil, it does two things. It cuts oil prices in half it bankrupts our enemy. It makes us rich. Yep. Trillions of dollars flooding into the American economy. T- millions of jobs, 75 to 100,000 dollars each. It then gives a, a essentially a tax cut to the poor, because you are taxing the poor, who they claim to love, by forcing high gas prices on them, so they can't—they have to pay twenty, thirty dollars. Yeah, do you think George Soros they cares they how
0: much it costs to buy a gallon of gas? He
4: doesn't care right. a whit.
0: Right, right, no, but he it co- doesn't he, care he, right. a whit. No, absolutely, absolutely, and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. no, it, th- this this is one of the. High, it's not just a tax cut they could get. They have all been increased. All their taxes—the working poor's taxes, the middle classes' taxes cost of living, we shall say, has all increased by this, all increased. And and, and we're just and sitting most, here saying, well, chunk, we can fix it, but it yeah. depends on what Vladimir Putin does.
4: Yeah, a good portion of the inflation that we're having to live through, which is another hidden tax, is, is the cost of production, the cost of manufacturing. It's all energy-based. I just happened to run a business or two, and you can't inflict increased cost of production in transportation, without increasing the cost of the product, That's right. duh. That's right. I could figure that out in third grade. But like I said, it takes the pointy head, yep. a lot of education to forget that. Yep. You know, yep. you can't be that stupid without being educated at Harvard. That's right. Now, you know, really, it, it's it's too easy to figure out. But also, here's something else. Who is a greater enemy to us than Russia? It China. Would be China. Yep. Because they have a an economy. About you know thirty forty times larger, they're more ruthless. They've killed up to sixty you know million of their own citizens. They're the world's biggest murderous dictatorship ever to exist. Now, what we do? What what this Biden said? This um, Senile Biden said, we're going to shut down financing of their debt. Okay, in in, in the West. Now, what that does in my little simpleton point of view is it now pushes them even closer to china
0: yeah of course, because china of course. Just, yeah they're yes. experts at this yeah oh yeah no so they're experts at buying them? debt of, of course they are and and i'll uh, you know as long as our irish is up doug i'll just say one more thing i think i said it on air yesterday i'll say it again today i'll buy lunch For the first expert that can show me where sanctions have worked against an enemy regime. Let me repeat that. I'll buy lunch for anyone who can show me where sanctions by the U.S. have worked against an enemy regime. Now, in that they haven't, consider that we're now doing it after the fact. After the fact. Okay. Just so we understand who our leadership is right now. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson show. How many of you eat broccoli and spinach and soybean and green cabbage and wheat grass and white onion and cayenne pepper and sweet potatoes and shiitake mushrooms and kale and spinach and carrots every day? Well, I don't know the answer to that question, but I know almost all of you wish you probably could. With Balance of Nature, you can, and that's just the veggies. I could say the same on the fruit end with a great blend of 15 – excuse me, 16 fruits they put into their vegetarian capsules. I take it every day. And I think you're going to find if you take it every day too, you're going to be in much greater health and in much greater positioning from physical to mental acuity to you name it. I've been taking it for about three years. I haven't gotten six since. I love Balance of Nature. And they have a great deal right now over at balanceofnature.com on their fruits and veggies, are 15 whole vegetables, their 16 veggie, uh, fruits, balanceofnature.com. Make sure to enter the code, the discount code BALANCE. That'll get you the best deal they can offer a- blend of 15 whole vegetables and 16 whole fruits every single day. Balanceofnature.com. Use discount code BALANCE. (coughs) Tina's in Star Valley. Hello, Tina.
3: Hello, and welcome to Snow Wonderland.
0: How are you?
3: (laughs) We're we're, uh, we're snowed in. We love it. So how are you?
0: I'm fine. Thank you, Tina. I'm fine. I'm a little wet, but I'm fine.
3: Well, yeah. Um, we're a little cold, but we're fine. So Doug is a wonderful caller and I always love listening to him and learning from him. And I, I love that he, uh, really outlined all of the, the things that we could do. Um, the, the only, and I, he may be just, uh, being, you know, a a little bit, uh, Oh, I, I'm not sure what the word would be, but I would say there's a motive behind what they're doing, and it's, it's not a good one. I don't think they're doing it because they're pointy-headed and stupid. I think they're doing it because they're evil and they want destruction. And, I, you know, I, I, there's, there's a, 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 there are results from all of this that are showing up in, in terms of what it looks like these people want. Conspiracy theorists, hey, give me my tinfoil hat. You know, I'm proud to to wear it. Um, I've been looking at these kinds of things for probably 20, 30 years and predicting that this kind of thing would happen. And lo and behold, I I don't want to be right. But there's a gentleman who writes for uh, what's called uh, the Remnant News. Okay. And, you know, he gives 15 uh, points that he sees that have been that are going on, have been going on and are being sped up. And I'll be happy to send you the article. Yeah, please do. I, and thank you for to, the to last thing you there. sent
0: me if I didn't respond. But thank you. Yes. Oh, I, you're welcome. Yeah. You yeah,
3: bet. yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, they, he, he goes through the carbon tax, censorship, banking, banking. Yeah. You know, uh, they nobody wants to talk about the inflation of the dollar by printing money. Can't we study the Weimar Republic? Yeah. Can we study Venezuela?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. All of that. And 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 while we're at it, take Bernie Sanders seriously, because that is the socialist doctrine when he says bread lines are good things. Think take that seriously. And, you know, if Weimar is too difficult to spell and Venezuela is too difficult to pronounce, how about high school (laughs) economics? High school, we learned all this in high school economics. We all know how to cause inflation. and We all know how to stop it. It's about whether you yeah. want the after effects of it or not. That's all. That's all. You know, there's nothing to teach uh, uh, Jerome Powell or Joe Biden, for that matter, about inflation. They know what you and I know. It's just that they're not executing well, on I, what I you doubt, and I want. I doubt, yeah. Yeah. I
3: doubt Joe Biden knows anything. <laughs> he is so so. He's a con law professor. Come now. on. Yeah, he's a con law professor and a con, con. law. Yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wish you were a con, but, yeah. the, you know, yeah. uh, the, yeah. <laughs> there. But they, the thing is, there is a, a malicious motivation here, and most Americans, it, it ha- they find it hard to wrap their head around the fact that people hate them and want them dead. If they are middle class, if they are, you know, are hanging on to some semblance of prosperity, uh, they better get a get a grip because mm-hmm. I really believe that this is targeted, deliberate, malicious, and it will be successful if we don't wake up and smell the smell the napalm. Mm-hmm. 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 And you know, call me a conspiracy theorist. Uh, my husband always says it's not a conspiracy if it's out in the open. It's called a plan.
0: Well, listen. As I said, they don't know anything differently about fundamentals and basics than we do. I think it is about the plan it is the after effects it is the policy outcomes and honest to gosh I I, I think someone like this well let's let's take this administration as an entity because God knows who's who's making the shots who's calling the shots I, I just don't know I could speculate you could too probably right. but but let's right. take it as an entity I, I think it's caught between three things and uh i don't know like maybe the proverbial man holding the wolf by the tail doesn't know whether to let go or continue holding it the three things they're caught between are satisfying leftist ideologies which people used to say their leftist wing i i'm no longer willing to say that it's all of them that's all the democratic party certainly this white house is part of the leftist wing of the party so but to satisfy that ideology is 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 one is one poll on them. Uh, the other poll is knowing what will actually turn the numbers in a direction that the American people will approve of. And the third is an impending election. And what I don't know that they do know is what they can jigger in time for the election. But what I do know that they know is this, Tina, that there is a divide between their ideology and and the success for this country which they govern or claim to want to govern. There is a divergence, and I believe they care much more about their ideological nostrums than whether they actually work for the American people or not. I really do believe that.
3: I do, I do too, and I think they are people who pander to the globalists, thinking that the globalists won't eat them. Well, the globalists will eat them last. I mean— Come on. You know, these these people are, are idiots. And Jen Psaki, I, I, I that what she said, what you played, what she said, I am grinding my teeth that she is even allowed to say that and, and be taken seriously by the dunderheads who still think the Democrats have some decency. Yeah, because they don't. They don't. They have sold their souls. And the global. Are in charge. I mean, like you said, George Soros, does he care, you know, what, what gas costs? Me? And, 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 and any number of him, you know, I'm just using overnight. him as an example. But yeah. yeah, you
0: get it. I mean, you know, yeah, there yeah. are plenty right. of people of a little less wealthy, yeah. but who could buy you and me 50,000 times over yeah. that agree with him. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'll send you that article. Yeah,
0: please do, Tina, as always. <laughs> such value added. Thank you, okay. dear. Stay warm. Stay toasty. Yeah. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. I don't know why, and there's no probably good explanation for it, but a couple of musicians I've just been into a lot lately, Glenn Campbell and Gordon Lightfoot. No explaining it. Robin Surprise. Hello, Rob. How are you, sir?
2: Well, I, I'm fine, and I, I think you picked two fine musicians. I, uh, I've been on a uh, Sonny Payne kick. He used to be one of the drummers for uh, Count Basie, and Elvin Jones, who was a drummer who the legend and i actually shook his hand one anyway um number one um,
0: try a little kindness we... is one from uh glenn campbell that i i've been really playing a lot lately <clears throat> and i think i think no, I... I think the i think the double mint gum or the big red gum might have might have done a version of that for their commercial i think Doublemint. i was it double mint chew a little longer something like that
2: it was like double your pleasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double I think phone. it was try
0: a little, chew longer. Anyway, anyway, try a hey, little longer. Uh, yeah, he tells me he's Bill's telling me that the a little longer stuff was big red. I think that was played off again, Glenn Campbell thing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Oh, anyway, heard, War Powers Act. Rob, what you got?
2: Oh, uh, the um, the idea that uh, we we have a foreign policy. I think it is. I I don't think we have a coherent, proactive foreign policy. Of the United States um, I have not seen any evidence of any foreign policy and I don't know whether it's because we have an incompetent State Department or an incompetent executive uh, it may be a combination of everything even Congress um, you know because we don't do anything proactively we, we t- tend to react and again while while everybody's you know fretting and wringing their hands over Ukraine our borders are still open. You know, it's an amazing thing when you think there.
0: about it. This Joe Biden, speaking of experts, he this is the former ranking member and then chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate for years, for years. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And yet we're borderless. And he doesn't care. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But at least, you know, but at least he doesn't take any questions after any uh, talks he gives, <laughs> which is just bizarre. Yeah. Um, we're living in a joke.
0: I mean, we're living in a joke or a lie and we're all just kind of going on as if as if it's, you know, as as if it's as if it's normal, as if it's normal. I was quoting an essay from Gene Kirkpatrick earlier, a normal country in normal times. We're neither. And it's not because of the people. It's not. It's because of the leadership. Because of the leadership. I worry often about an Aristotelian point. That may have been more true in the kind of regimes he was discussing than what we have now in a large country such as ours, large and diverse countries such as ours. But when he said the character of the leadership of a regime is a mirror of the character of the people, I don't think it's true here, not right now, not right now at all. I'm Seth. We'll be right back.